is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Daramar, and I am joined by Jake Woolhead and Rian Malloy. Jake, first of all, how are you, sir? I'm living the dream every week, every day of my life. And Rian, it's great to have you on again after actually just seeing you uh, yesterday. How are you? Or not yesterday, sorry, I should say, last that, Saturday that at the brother. awards night. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, that was... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, great night was had. Um, I didn't need my therapy session this week because we had a Panthers W. So, yeah, that's why I was missed on uh, on last night's show. I'm assuming yeah. there was no uh, Pirates punch uh, like the first year I played football. Reed, do you remember that well, cocktail both, that was made? We're both here alive, so no, there was not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one, one of our new guys tried his best to kill us by trying to get us shots of whiskey at the bar for most of the night. Um, so... You know, it is it is a bit of a miracle that we are still alive, but um, it was a great night. Um, and thank you to the Pirates organization for setting it up. Um, we are going to look ahead to week eight of the 2022 NFL season, already until week eight. Um, two teams on by this week, the Chiefs and the Chargers. So no Patrick Mahomes, no Justin Herbert to talk about this week. We're going to talk uh, about, try to get through as many games as we can in our time today. And we're going to start with... Uh, the Thursday night football, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who are four and three, traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the. I guess we could officially say it now: struggling Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> at three and four after their loss against the Panthers last week. Uh, we, myself, uh, Fionn and Al talked about it on the show earlier on this week about the how poor the performance is from Tampa Bay. Um, rain very quickly though. Um. It must be a nice sight to see that now your new dual-headed running back tread of Foreman and, and Hubbard replacing McCaffrey and PJ Walker, you know, steadying the ship somewhat after the turbulent start of the season for the Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. And being able to run that ball for, I think it was 170 yards versus a Buccaneers team that you're not meant to be able to run the ball against, that's pretty impressive. Um, now, obviously, the Buccaneers defense and offense had a lot to answer for in that game. Uh, didn't have their best game of football, but I thought Fionn was a bit, like, he, he was throwing a bit of shade there on the show yesterday. Uh, I didn't think it was all down to the Buccaneers being bad. The The Panthers play good football. Yeah, and Jake, um, speaking of uh, running attacks that uh, the, and how good the running attack was against the Buccaneers last week, they are coming up against, of course, probably the best running quarterback in the league in Lamar Jackson. Um, and with the list of injured players that Todd Bowles listed off there, including both cornerbacks, um, the defense for the for the Buccaneers could be in for a long night on Thursday night if um, they can't get the uh, offense turned around. Oh yeah, absolutely. Short week as well and having to try run after Lamar all game, it's just going to be crazy. The, that Ravens run game is pretty decent as well, just in general, if you take out Lamar. So having to cover two of them, um, I'm not sure of the status of Vita Ve, is he playing? Because that's going to be a big game changer for them. Vita Ve is still playing. Now there is a chance that Akeem Hicks, their free agent signing in the offseason, might be able to make his debut as well in this game. So that will definitely help sort of shore up the uh, attack in the middle but if they do sort of try and stop the run the probably the threats on the outside are there especially in of course in Mark Andrews which I'm sure either if it'll be Devin White um, or Levante David maybe covering him seeing if they can 
Um, or if you look at the wide receiver in, in Bateman and uh, Duvernay, Rian, there is still these weapons on the outside for the Ravens that we they've sort of had to t- take a few games to warm up this year, but they are starting to, uh, t- to definitely get more comfortable in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And it is great that those two wide receivers, who wouldn't be the most experienced wide receivers in the league, they have that safety valve to lean on in Mark Andrews. Uh, That guy, he's just a freak. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He is a mismatch machine. Like a linebacker can't cover him because they're not quick enough. A a slot corner can't cover him because he's not big enough. Uh, So he really is a nice weapon to have there to kind of just settle the wide receivers into the game. They can get some nice, quick, easy completions on slant routes and that sort of thing. And when when it comes down to it, you always have Mark Andrews to go back to. And I think the Ravens probably will utilize that strategy again in this game. And that's not even to count out their fullback, who they just rely on as well, who they put him out at slot a lot and, and tight end of fullback. And he seems to always be around the ball and he runs angry. I would not be looking forward to tackling him. No, and that's it. The, the life of a fullback is coming back in the NFL and I love it. Love it. A big burly fullbacks getting getting runs. Um, before we make our picks for this game, we ha- we should of course mention the Buccaneers' offense. And and Jacob, go to you with this one. They, of course, only managed three points last week against Carolina. There has been criticism about their offense sort of all season. Um, and it's just uh, Tom Brady has looked off. Whether it is anything to do with the off the field sort of issues that he's going through, or the fact that maybe he should have called it a year last year, and this year is just one year too many. But you know, the, with the offensive weapons they have, um, and the fact that, that especially with Leonard, someone like Leonard Fournette in the backfield, we should be expecting more from this Buccaneers offense. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it's just so disappointing to see it. Like I. Tom Brady, like as you said, should have hung his cleats up last season. This was like a farewell tour, and it's just not going well for him at all. So uh, it's a bit sad to see, but again, I don't really care for him. But I just think he's played him too long now that I just want them out of the league finally. But yeah, I seen a stat there through the first seven weeks of any season in the NFL. This is the worst rushing team there has been ever historically so i think that's just a bit crazy i'm not overly concerned about them throughout the season they'll squeak a few wins here or there relatively weak nfc east compared to the f or nfc compared to the afc so they'll make the playoffs and you know you can't ever really count out tom brady uh, until we finally see him handing up his cleats well he did last year and he still came back so look <laughs> it's not always guaranteed when he says he's hanging him up but look let's get into game picks on this one rain i'll go with you first who have you got Uh, I've got the Ravens in this one, and the reason I have them is that the Buccaneers are on a short week. Tom Brady looked tired in that game against the Panthers. He's going to be exhausted coming into this game, so I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm also going to stick with the Ravens on this one. Uh, Same reasons as you said, said, Ria. I just think that Buccaneers' offense needs a lot of work. The lack of uh, Arians in that um, since he retired has really been shown and Todd Bowles just doesn't seem as up to the challenge as, as Arians was. Um, it's a short spread. It's only minus one and a half for the Ravens, so it's a pretty close game. Um, and that's a Buccaneers home field advantage, so it's a pretty even game. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for the Ravens in this one uh, myself. I, I think the amount of players that they're missing, uh, first of all, with on the defense, the offensive line issues are still a thing as well. They didn't; they have lost a key offensive um, 
personnel in that middle. Um, I just think that the Ravens' defense is getting better each week as well, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see another like no touchdown game from Tom Brady again in this one. So I'm going to go for the Ravens win, and I think actually it might be quite a comfortable Ravens win in this game. But let's move on to Sunday's games, and the first one on Sunday is the third and final uh, game of the London series this year, and that is the Denver Broncos at two and five taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are also two and five. Not records that we would have expected to see at the start of the year Russell Wilson is tending towards playing in this game um, I think we all saw the tweet and the reporting from during the week where he was doing stretches up and down the aisles during their <laughs> 10 hour flight now for I think I think Reen you mentioned it if it was any if he was doing that on any of our flights I think he would have not gotten a good reception to that at all for sure but the Broncos are struggling to Rumors now coming out that um, if they lose this game, that there could be potential sales before the trade deadline next week. Uh, Bradley Chubb is a name being uh, rumored. Same with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. But, uh, Rain, I'll start with you first on this one. The, the Broncos' problems are continuing to mount. And with Russell Wilson, uh, probably only a 50-60% Russell Wilson available, it's still going to be a difficult game against the Jaguars. Yeah, 100%. And I think it is now starting to really tell kind of how much the um, the whole debacle with with um, Russell Wilson is, is showing. Um, I can't see a guy doing stretches and workouts up and down the plane going down well with any of the football team. And, you know, I, I kind of think that's going to lead to a disjointed dressing room, even on the defensive side of the ball, right? They know that this guy is now the face of the franchise, and he is just really not the type of person that they want on their team. So if this game does go badly for the Jaguars, I genuinely do see a fire sale situation happening because they do have a lot of guys who are due money in the next couple of years and are on big contracts and really they've sunk so much into that Russell Wilson contract that they will need to start from scratch they need to get those young guys in and um, kind of yeah basically make sure they have cap moving forward for the next three or four years yeah, Jake, yeah and you mentioned Sorry, I was just going to ask Go you there. I was just going to ask. It isn't a great look for, for Russell Wilson. When he came to the Broncos initially, I'm sure he was under the assumption that this was a Super Bowl-ready team and he was the last piece of the puzzle. And with the struggles that they're going on, and if they do end up losing this game, the fact that the possibility of him losing some offensive weapons there because the team is deciding to just shut the door on this campaign is definitely not good news if you're a Broncos fan. No, absolutely not. I don't know whether I completely buy it. You don't go all in on a quarterback like Russell Wilson and then just, I mean, sure, the season's gone to shit a bit so far, but you can't just start throwing your toys out of the pram and, and they'll, your next year is going to be struggling because you don't have any offensive weapons again because you've traded them away. Uh, I did also see just today that uh, pending a losing situation to the Jaguars on Sunday, Nathaniel's Hackett job could be... Uh, gone from underneath him um if he loses badly enough to that one so again this could be like this just seems like rumors now because i, I just can't see giving up that that capital and and getting russell wilson and having all these quality players just because your season's going bad i just don't see them giving them away right now unless somebody blows them away with an offer but i don't see it yeah well one side of this that we have to look at as well is the Broncos defense because they are the reason that they are still in a lot of these games this year. They actually haven't conceded more than one touchdown uh, 
other than week one against the Seahawks. So their defense is understandably strong. And Rean against a Jaguars offense and Trevor Lawrence, who at times have played well this year, but he's still sort of struggling a little bit, Lawrence, to get used to the NFL level. And now the fact that they've given full confidence in the starting job to Travis Etienne in the backfield after letting James Robinson move over to New York. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a risk, to be honest, with the whole uh, James Robinson move. Like, I understand that Travis Etienne is a quality player and he looks to be growing and growing in this offense. But a lot of teams nowadays are going for that kind of two running back combo, kind of the one-two punch, a guy who can do one thing and a guy can do another thing. And relying so heavily on Etienne, I don't know if it's going to be a good idea. Like, he's, he's not the most physical back in the world i don't know if he's gonna be an every down back for them and who do they have to replace him then after that like this this should be a promising season for the jaguars based on the way they've been playing maybe not so much in their results but they have been playing good football if etn goes down you can pretty much tank the season as it is because uh trevor lawrence needs that kind of presence in the backfield that he can rely on to do the things we know he's capable of doing it's Jermichael Hasty or and Snoop Connor behind him now. Just checked for you. So Jermichael not the Hastie. most inspiring of backfields, really. Jermichael Hasty of 49ers fame, I remember. He, he was 49ers. Yeah. yeah, he was actually. Um well let's have a let's have a go around the table and make our picks for this game. Jake, I'll start with you first. Who you got? Broncos or Jaguars? I'm going with the home team, the Jaguars. It's London, baby. They seem to do quite well in London, so I'm gonna go with the, the Jaguars. I am also going to go with the Jaguars because I'm loving this whole let's ride, ride to the bottom, fuck the Broncos, <laughs> fuck Russell Wilson, let's go Jags. Um, I'm actually leaning towards Denver in this one. Um, is, I think is it a turnaround game for them? No, not a turnaround game. It's more just like a you know, rest up on the road to nowhere, you know, sort of thing. I think he's like, I think they might just get a bit of relief here. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's because Russ is going to have a a great game or the offense is finally going to click. I just think their defense is going to be a lot better than the Jaguars defense. Um, Somehow, I don't know what he's done wrong, but Melvin Gordon is not getting as many snaps of the ball, especially now that Javante Williams has gone down. They brought in Latavius Murray. They're giving him the majority and Mike Boone as well. Um, Mike so Boone's let's on see. IR, though, isn't he? Sorry? Mike Boone's gone on to IR, isn't he? Did he just go on IR, did he? In the right. Jets game. Okay, okay. Well, then... I still wouldn't be trusting... Uh... Mellers, no, you wouldn't. No, no. no. Fumble City over there. That's the reason he's not getting that ball. Um, but even just for my own fancy football team, I need him to do. I uh, I need him to do something, um, with with the football this weekend. I don't. I just. I the Jaguars seem to be just uh, a, not a crossroads, but you seem to be stuck a little bit at at the minute. You know, their high profile signings in the off season haven't worked again. You know, Christian Kirk is not getting the targets and he's not getting the productivity for that massive contract. The other side, I think, is Kwan Williams was the uh, high money cornerback who hasn't played well either this year. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for a Broncos win, probably just about maybe a last second Brendan McManus field goal will win it will be enough for a what 
let's let's have a look at it. A 70 and 14 victory or something like that. You it's know, London, it's 10 7. 10 7 yeah. at best. 10, 10 Dara, 7 is a possibility. 3 0 could be a possibility, you know. Dara, have um, you looked at the line for this game? No, what is it? Have you checked out who the favorite is? Have a guess. I'm guessing the Jaguars are the favorites. They have Jags to be. are the favorites. Yeah. By what? Three. Two and a half. Yeah, you're very Two close. And a half. Could Two be a bookie yourself there. There we go. Well, look, I'm still amazed that the Jaguars were favorites last week against your Giants. Yeah, go Giants. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 6-1 of one Giants who PFF have said they have the worst roster in the league. <laughs> well, like they lose everyone. Look, listen, let's move on. Let's actually, we were going to talk about other games before it, but hey, we're already mentioning it. Let's talk about it. The New York Giants are traveling to Lumen Field to take on the Seattle Seahawks. The only game this weekend, by the way, featuring two sides above 500. <laughs> Who would have thought at the start of the season that the only two teams in week eight with a winning record to play each other would be the six and one Giants and the four and three Seahawks? What a fucking crazy season it's been for both of these teams so far. I'm just Man. picturing that uh, Paul Rudd meme where he's just like, look at us now, hey? Who <laughs> <laughs> would have thought we'd get here? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> but but Ryan, you are the impartial uh one between the three of us here on this game particularly what are your thoughts heading into this one on sunday well i'll give some brief thoughts because i want to really be a, a like an audience to the to the whole uh thing but um yeah look i had the i, I had the bad look of backing against the giants when they played against the ravens <laughs> because i thought the ravens were a better team uh, and now I think the Seahawks are a better team, but you know what? I don't. I, I just. I just. I'm all on that Giants wagon. I am taking them all the way to the Super Bowl. Not really, but <laughs> I, I can see them. Like this is this is a good game for them. It's a winnable game. They could go to seven and one, and who would have thought? Um. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'll go with the Giants. And now I want you guys to discuss. Jake, I'll let you go right. first. No, I want you. I want to hear your side before I start making my uh, my argument. I want to judge how what level I should go to. Um. All right then. Uh, it's interesting. I'm still waiting to see. Now I don't particularly expect it to happen, but I have to wait and see what the fitness of DK Metcalf is like. I don't. I don't think he's going to play this week. And um, by all the the humming and hawing from pre Carolyn's press conferences, I don't think he's going to risk him this week. Um, although it is good news, it's not a, an IR job. It's only maybe two weeks or something like that. Um, I backed the Seahawks to win last week against the Chargers, but I was still surprised at the way they beat the Chargers last week. Um, the defense is starting to turn, turn a corner. The only issue that I have with the defense is their play against the run. And that's the Giants' strength. And especially with Saquon Barkley, especially we've seen the video probably of him like cutting three or four times in that run against the Jaguars. Um, and that just seeing something like that just terrifies me, thinking he'd go up and down Limitfield doing that all week. But on the other side of the ball, Seattle have their own very good running back that can cut and I was very patient and then can just find the gap and then just shoot. And if he's, if he's gone, he's gone. You're not catching him. And that is Ken Walker. Um, 168 yards, two rushing TDs last week, air NFC player of the week last week. Um, it's just going to be, I think it's just going to be a fun game. You know, yeah, I'm excited. I am excited for this game there. I just think yeah. of any of the teams, which is just a bit of fun to watch. It's going to be this one. I'm admittedly scared of this 
playing the Seahawks, just the way the Giants defense plays the run is also soft. You still will have a pretty decent air attack, which has been okay for us. So, I mean, it's all going to come down to them blitzes from, from Wink Martindale on the Giants defense. The, whether or not there's a, a little game plan to out, out plan these blitzes, a few screens or whatever, it's going to come down. It's going to be a lot of fun. I that is one underrated matchup as well this weekend that I don't think is going to get a lot of air coverage, but it's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be Charles Cross against Kayvon Thibodeau. It's going yeah. to be really good that one now. The two rookies uh, coming up against each other is going to be a really interesting thing to see. Like you're saying, about... sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say the the blitz packages that um the the Giants Wait, defense, Martindale. thank you, was going to uh, is going to come up with is going to be interesting because. Um, the way Gino has read the game these first seven weeks has been quite good and he's read defences quite well he's seen blitzes come um, and he's been able to figure them out apart from the Cardinals game where he wasn't able to figure out their disguise blitzes really got to him I don't know Jake is Wink Martindale's blitzes more obvious or would they be more like that they're super exotic he just brings everybody up to the line and then just drops some randomer into coverage while hitting you with like a slot blitz or something like that you don't know where the pressure is coming and that's the that's what people hate about it because it leaves uh, a lot of like um, linebackers having to get back into coverage which they're not good at when they're at the line of scrimmage but also you don't know who you're going to be blocking before the ball is snapped Can I I ask one question before we move on? Of course you can. Okay, so the first quarterback since 1936 to rush for over 100 yards for the Giants. Do you, Jake, if you are the general manager, do you sign or franchise tag Daniel Jones after this season? I'm starting to turn on that one. I was against it because, let's face it, he hadn't played great. And now he's just starting to turn around. And I'm not saying let's sign him to a big record deal. He doesn't deserve that. I'm certainly not going to franchise him for whatever it might be, 35 million for the year. But I wouldn't mind giving him an above average two to three year deal and see how he plays out on that one. Because the way I'm thinking of it now, at the start of the season, I was assuming we were going to be picking quite high for a quarterback. And now it's going to be we're picking around the 20s because we're getting to the playoffs. And we've probably what talking about maybe four or five teams looking for a quarterback this year. So I'm like, what's the point? We keep Daniel Jones for two, three years on a fairly reasonable contract. Then we can still re-sign Saquon Barkley. And then, I mean, see where we go from there instead of having to scramble around for the fourth or fifth quarterback in this draft or trade away the future, which we won't be able to do because other teams have more capital than us. You do have two first-round picks next year as well, don't you? I don't think so, no. You know, oh, no, was that this year? Yeah, two this, this year, year, yeah. Yeah, two this year. Sorry, my apologies. Um, it's interesting. Now, I like the idea of you not, uh, or of you keeping Daniel Jones. It just means that there's one less team to worry about when we try and draft one next year. But the route that the way that Gino's on, they might keep him and try and get someone in a later round so and have him sit behind Gino for a year or two the way it is. But listen, let's uh, let's go to game picks on this one. And Rain, I'll let you go first. Well, I, I already played my hand on this one. I'm going with the, the G-men from the Big Apple. Let's go, Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants, obviously. I'm uh, all in on this this year for the da- Daniel Dollar, Saquon Barkley, Dayball train. I'm all in. All right. Well, um, I'm I, I'm all for the Gino Express here. I'm hopped on. I'm ready to go. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be Ken Walker pushing the train all the way to the end zone and winning that game for us, hopefully. No, it's going to be Sunday. the fastest QB in the league winning the game for, for the Giants. <laughs> well, 
if he doesn't trip over if he doesn't trip over that lumen field you know can be trippy (laughs) (laughs) let's move on and uh let's have a quick chat about maybe we'll chat chat about this game not just for its um for the two teams that were involved but how interesting the game could end up end up being because Reed, of course you are the Panthers fan so let's talk about the Carolina Panthers traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons the Falcons have taken a few scalps this year of big teams going three and four they uh they obviously had that big blowout loss to the Bengals last week so they're going to be coming to bounce back from that the Panthers like we mentioned that big 21 to 3 victory against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week PJ Walker is three and one as a starter is he going to go four and one? God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> no, and the reason I'm saying that is like I don't really care about this season. If we make the playoffs by just being relevant enough to stay in the NFC South uh, leaderboard, that's fine. But I don't care about the season. It's not. It's not going to be a good one for the Panthers. But I do want to see them win this game, and that's simply because if they win and the Buccaneers lose. The Panthers are going to be leading the NFC South on three and five. The new NFC the East, is it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's an it's an amazing stat. I don't know how this division has gotten so bad so quickly because it was one of the strongest division footballs not five years ago. Um, but yeah, look, I liked the way PJ Walker played in that game uh, last week. It's funny he did the job that Baker Mayfield was meant to come in here and do. Uh, he's meant to feed the ball to the running back, who, interestingly, is no longer Christian McCaffrey. So you would have thought that wouldn't have gone so well. Uh, and he was, you know, play off the play action, feed the ball to DJ Moore and just be that calming presence in the offense. Um, and yeah, he, he did that job exceptionally well, much better than any of the five games that we saw under uh, under Baker Mayfield. So I think moving forward, he is the guy. Uh, de facto until maybe uh, Sam Darnold makes a name for himself. I mean, he is probably going to be available for this game, but um, the new head coach, Steve Wilkes, has already said uh, that PJ Walker, it's going to be very difficult to take him out of the game if he keeps playing the way he's playing. So I have no problem with it. I think roll with him until the wheels fall off. I like PJ Walker, man. He was like an XFL quarterback and stuff. And I just like the fact that he's coming in here balling out for the Panthers. Like, I just think that's cool. Who would have thought at the start of the year, the former one and two quarterbacks of what draft, 2016 draft or whatever, are now on the same team and being benched for an XFL player? Oh, that would just make my fucking day. It's definitely a Panthers type of thing to do, though. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> definitely a Panthers type of thing to do. Um, if if the Panthers do go ahead and say lose this game, Rain, for example, um, I know you mentioned that like you, you're not caring about how this, the rest of the season goes, but with the trade deadline coming up, could you see any more departures before Tuesday? I mean, with the with the kind of sounds that are coming out of the building at the moment, right? They're making guys available, but then we heard earlier on in the week that they uh, declined two first round picks for Brian Burns. And I mean, Brian Burns has been an exceptional player for the Panthers, but you cannot turn your nose up at two first round picks. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting one there, but by the looks of it, I don't think they're going to make that move. They've already made it clear that the guys who are going to be desirable to other teams, so the likes of DJ Moore, JC Horn, uh, 
Brian Burns, they're all pretty much off limits at the moment. The only guy we might see move on is Shaq Thompson, who's coming to uh, the kind of expensive part of his contract, if you know what I mean. And he's an older guy. Uh, they can probably at this stage afford to move him on, considering they did draft uh, a linebacker this season in the NFL draft. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, read it was the did the report include which team was due to offer two first rounds for Brian Burns, or was it just a team? I didn't hear. It was one of these, you know, all NFL insiders say that two yeah. first round picks were yeah, offered. I have so. my I have my doubts on that. It was actually an offer. I th- that yeah. could be just trying to put the price out there for teams, but not saying <laughs> obviously. Um, because I, I doubt I doubt if a team actually offered two first round picks for Brian Burns that the Panthers would turn it down. Not a chance. Yeah. And it's another one of these things, right? He's he's due to be resigned in the off season, so the guys who sign him are going to need to have a bit of cap space moving forward. Um, and I don't think anybody who's really like in contention who would want a guy like Brian Burns are going to be able to afford to give him that contract. So I think he's pretty much off limits to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go around and do the uh, picks for this game, Jake. I'll start with you for us on this one. I think I'm gonna go with Reed's Panthers here. I think he he stuck up for my Giants. I'm gonna stick up for his Panthers. I think it's an interesting game, um, and I certainly want you to get your win. Reed. Yeah, no, I, I I'm gonna go with Jake and say, look, the the Falcons are a better football team, but you know what? PJ Walker balling out. I'm going with the Panthers. Well, for the same reason that you went with the Panthers because yeah. uh, Reen went for you, I'm going for the Falcons because Reen refused to go with me on the Seahawks. No, hey, anyways, I'm I... still on that Geno train. I'm just... <laughs> more on that Dayball train. You're on more of the Dayball. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I no, I, I am going to go with the Panthers or the not the Panthers, sorry, the Falcons on this one. Um, only because um, I think that the Falcons run defense is a lot better um, than people give it credit for. And I think they'll be able to do some things against that rushing attack. They were awful in the past game against, um, uh, who was it last week? Against the Bengals last week. And I think, I don't know if AJ Terrell is going to be fit for this game or not. If he is, then I would feel more comfortable um, backing the, the Falcons, but I'm just about going to back the Falcons on this game. Um, not by much. I'm, I'm sure the uh, spread, Jake, is probably not going to be massive in that game. So I would say... A, a t- four and a half Falcons. Four and a half. Favorite. I was going to say three. I was going to say a field goal might win. Started it started so. out at eight at the start of the week, which was I just thought was eight. bizarre. Yeah. That is a, I would have taken my uh, eight for the Panthers in a heartbeat. Could have taken them straight yeah. up. Would have been a good price. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll move on, though, and um, let's have a look at the two primetime games this week. Uh, we're going to start with the Sunday night football, and that is, of course, the Green Bay Packaneers. Or Green Bay Packaneers. Packaneers. It's the Green Bay Packaneers. <laughs> they the both look the same. They're both offensively. Yeah. <laughs> Aging quarterbacks. Yeah, I get it. Oh. I get it. Oh. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers are traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills coming off their bye week. The Packers coming off yet another loss, this time against the Washington Commanders and Taylor Heineke. Guys, this Green Bay team, I mentioned it on the show in our review show earlier on this week, that there's something rotten to the core in this Packers organization at the moment. I think whatever it is hasn't come out yet, and it's going to come out soon. And I think it's going to be... It's going to put an end to their season. Um, 
just Rogers blaming teammates and not looking after himself and everything like that. It's just, it's not great. And um, I can only see a Bills victory in this game. But uh, Jake, who are you looking at? Yeah, a stat I see during the week. This is one of the first times in Aaron Rodgers' career that he's a double-digit um, underdog to to win the game. He's minus ten and a half at the minute um, for the pack or the the Bills. So just a bit pretty damning um, stat there or, or handicap for you. But yeah, I don't know. I can't see any other game, any other way than this could go. The Bills. I just think. Josh Allen's far too strong. That defense is pretty good. And there's just a lot of weapons on the Bills now, and they're just rolling. He's going to get, like, two touchdowns himself running in, probably. It's just going to be a steamroll for the Bills to win this game. And Aaron Rodgers' comments about the Bills were a bit um, revealing of what he feels like his own roster construction. He, He mentioned... The Bills, good quarterback, good team. And then he just said, have Jake Kumro, who was a wide receiver on the Packers and got, I don't know, traded or signed as a free agent. can't let that go. No, he's still salty about it, especially seeing his own wide receiver deficiencies now. But he's always been that guy, right? He's always been, everything was better when we were better. And I I don't buy that bullshit. You You need to stand up and take accountability for your own play and your own actions, because let's face it, he has been missing open targets on the field this season. Um, the Packers desperately need a get-right game, but this is not going to be that game, right? The Bills are far too strong to even make a, like to even make this a question. The Bills, the Bills are going to win this game, um, but if you look back at the last three fixtures that they had uh, historically. They probably should have been get-right games for the Packers, and they've lost all three of them. So, yeah, things are not right in this organization, as you said, Dara. And I think the major problem is that guy who wears number 12. I see see in the uh, quote um, you were saying about the uh, mental mistakes that some of the players are having now. It's up to double digits, and if they keep making these mistakes, then maybe other guys should get some time on the field. And a lot of people were commenting and saying, maybe it's time for Aaron Rodgers to account for his own mistakes and let a certain other quarterback play instead of him. That just goes to show how little faith they have in Jordan Love, right? Because this guy needs a kick up the ass. He has not been playing well. So, yeah, why not throw Jordan Love in there? And that's what worries me a little bit. He's probably not that guy. No, he's definitely not. And the fact that there's still one more year left of that $50 million two-year contract of Rodgers as well is definitely interesting to see if he will actually um, take that up, especially with uh, the fact that I don't know. It well, depends on their draft position, who they draft and who they bring in, because with the trade deadline even t- on Tuesday, the, the reports are that the Packers are making calls around to teams to see if certain wide receivers are available. Um, so... There's definitely um, he definitely wants more talent in there, but I liken it to another number twelve, and that's the one in Tampa Bay where he wants all these wide receivers to throw to, but he's still not throwing to them, and are you still not getting the ball to them? It could be the same thing, and it's, it could, yeah, I I don't know. I think I think this could be bad on Sunday. the The Packers defense is not playing well at all, and they can't stop anybody. Can't the stop build- the run. They, at all, they can't stop the run no, at they all. Can't, they can't stop the run, but they're not even taking the ball away from wide receivers. And I don't see like Jair Alexander, who was lauded as one of the best cornerbacks in the league, has been awful this year. And if he's going up against Stefan Diggs, he's going to be roasted all game. Um, 
And if it's not Stefan Diggs, it's going to be Gabe Davis, not Gabe Davis, it's going to be Dawson Knox or Isaiah McKenzie. You know, it's it, I think or Josh Allen be, <laughs> just running. Or Josh Allen, he could just throw the ball up in the air and catch it himself in the backfield. Yeah, you know, it's just them there mountain. <laughs> it's got. I think it could be a tough game for the Packers, and I think it's going to be an easy win for the Bills. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't. Everyone I'm, agree. Yeah, I'm yeah, in complete agreement. I I think if this game goes bad enough, this could be the 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 turning point in Aaron Rodgers' career to say at the end of the season I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. That could be it. His last dance was this year, and it, he's definitely danced it. But let's have let's have a chat about the Monday Night Football game. It's an AFC North matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns, freshly coming off a AFC North defeat against the Ravens last week. The Browns are two and five. Some rumors going around that Kevin Stefanski could be his seat could be getting a little hot at the moment. Um, and I can tend to agree with those rumors a little bit, mostly because of the fact that you can blame the fact that that quarterback hasn't come back yet, but their defense can't stop anything. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. It's absolutely awful. And they are a team that um, rumors are going around as well, that if they do not win this game on Monday, that a few players could be available for trade on uh, before Tuesday's deadline. But um, Rian, I'll go to you first on this one. Bengals, Browns, what are you thinking ahead of it? I'm thinking they could have scheduled a better match for Monday Night Football, a uh, primetime game. But uh, yeah, no, look, those Browns look very bad. They have got talent all the way throughout the roster. So they are a team who could win any given week. But the way that they're playing at the moment, man, is just awful. Joe Burrow is starting to get hot. Um, Joe Mixon needs a kick up the ass, but he is capable of going for, you know, an 100-yard game or whatever at any given Sunday. Um, so yeah, this one is it's a pretty easy one to call if you ask me. Yeah, I'm liking the Bengals in this one, they're starting to roll. Joe Burrow looking like the old uh Joe Burrow that we know and love, as you mentioned. Joe Mixon is quite uh has come back into his own and can't forget about Jamar Chase just now actually being able to catch the ball and score the touchdowns. And I don't know what changed for them, but that offense is just clicking a lot more. And I just like in the way they look, so I don't. Can't see them getting rid of Kevin Stefanski this early into the season, especially when they're expecting the other quarterback to be coming back in, I suppose it's probably five weeks from now, is it? Something like that. Um, so, I don't know. I just can't see the Browns winning in this game anyway. Yeah, it is a tough one. Um, the only thing that gives me hope for the Browns in this game is the Nick Chubb. Um it, like when you have Nick Chubb on your team, you have a chance, and their offensive line has been good enough to keep him in the game. But stupid mistakes from Jacoby Brissett are starting to become all too off, are happening all too regularly now. Um, he started off the season quite well, mistake free, but these silly plays and silly interceptions are starting to creep up more and more in games. And you know, this uh, this uh, Cincinnati defense will not take any prisoners as well. But yeah, I think um, it could be a, a decent win for the Bengals. and after the difficult start that they had this year, it'll be great for them now to get back on track with a couple of wins in a row and probably um, take control of that AFC North and make it back to the playoffs. But uh, we won't get a chance to get through every game um, in depth now, but I will go through them very quickly here with you guys, and I want to get your quick reactions here. Uh, quick, uh, sorry, quick predictions of what's going to happen. So we'll start, first of all, with the uh, 49ers traveling to take on the Rams in the AFC West matchup. NFC West. 
I'm going to take the 49ers this one. I think um, Chris McCaffrey has a little extra time now to get a little um, extra knowledge of the playbook for the 49ers. And he didn't look too bad. I think he ended up with 66 yards or something in, after four days on the team. So I'm liking the way that team looks, looking a bit stronger. So I'm taking the 49ers. Yeah, two teams with very weird records coming into this game. Um, like Jake said, you know, Chris McCaffrey looked pretty good after two and a half days in the building. Uh, I want to see what he can do with a week and a half. Uh, I'm taking the 49ers in this one. Yeah, I think it's a clean sweep here with the 49ers for me as well. Uh, interestingly, um, the Christian McCaffrey actually had over 100 scrimmage yards against the Rams just a couple of weeks ago while still playing for the Panthers. So um, he knows what that defense is like, and I, I think he might end up doing it again. The only thing that could stop the 49ers winning this game is if you give the ball to Jimmy G too many times because we saw what happened against the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, the commanders traveling to take on the Colts. The most interesting part in this game is we are seeing PG or Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger. versus Tyler Heineke, but also we're seeing the great battle of Jim Irsay versus Dan Schneider. <laughs> I say put them both in at quarterback, leave the quarterbacks <laughs> to the owner's booth and let the old fellas box it out. I'd love it. Yeah, Jim Irsay was very vocal before the owners' meeting a couple of weeks ago, saying that Dan Schneider should be removed as an owner. But um, looking at the, purely the football side of this, uh, Rain, you first of all, um, who have you got? I think this is an interesting one. Uh, the Commanders are looking a bit stronger now, but also the Colts have that kind of wild card at quarterback with Sam Ellinger, so there's no you know tape on him. He's more likely to get out of the pocket and scramble with the football than. Um, than Matt Ryan ever was. So I'm going to take the Colts in this one. Yeah, Colts are the favor in this one, three points, even with a rookie quarterback coming in probably for his first start. So uh, I always think they're just a bit weird games. The defense coordinator of the other team doesn't seem to have any any film on them and then just don't know how to game plan around that. But um, I still feel like this could be a commander's win. This could be the time that Taylor Heineken plays a bit better and that defense can now kind of stuff up a, a rookie quarterback so i think i'm leaning the commanders on this one yeah um well see you can change your quarterback all you want but the issue for that Colts team is their offensive line is terrible which means they can't give their best player the ball and let him do damage to teams and that is of course jonathan taylor who's been i think the 31st out of 32 qual qualifying rushing rushing players this year they, he's been absolutely terrible um especially for a first round fantasy pick he's not been uh, giving back what he should be so i think until they can get that right i can't back the Colts in any game so i'm gonna go for the commanders in this one as well the one, one thing one thing before we move on sam yeah. ellinger is the longest tenured quarterback within the Colts organization on that roster so maybe he has a better grasp of the offense than either of the other two guys and how many Life games has he played? Zero. <laughs> uh, he, he was the king of the uh, preseason anyway. So I think he, he averaged 10 yards in attempt during the preseason. So he definitely can throw it, but that's against preseason teams. So let's see what happens in an NFL game. You saw it there briefly. Chicago Bears traveling to Dallas to take on the 5-2 and two Cowboys. The Bears with a stomping victory over the New England Patriots on Monday night. They beat both Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones in that game. Uh, Jake, you first on this one. Who are you looking at? The Bears looked a little bit stronger this weekend against that uh, on Monday night, whatever it was, against the Patriots team. But the Patriots team has looked pretty terrible. Um, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Dak has come back. and The team is still quite strong. They're 5-2 and two now. They want to keep the ball rolling. And a 
probably one of the better duos in running backs on in the NFL right now in, in Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to pick the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I would say uh, probably one of the better running backs in the NFL in Tony Pollard, Zeke can go in the bin. Um, but yeah, the Bears have been looking stronger and stronger. They probably should have won that game against the uh, Commanders. They roared to victory against the Patriots. And I think this is just a, it's a difficult game to throw in when they're just building momentum. Uh, I can't really see them overcoming that Cowboys team. So I'm going with Dak on this one and uh, going with the Cowboys. I'm not going with Dak on this one. I'm going with the Cowboys defense and that Cowboys defensive yeah. line that's going to terrorize Justin Fields for this game. And I think that the Cowboys will win this game, but it'll be a lot closer than people think. And um, for these last few games, I want one word answers for this on who you think is going to win. So we'll start um, We'll start with uh, the New England Patriots traveling to take on the Jets in an AFC East matchup. Jake and then Fiel. Jets. Ty. <laughs> uh, Jets, probably Jets. <laughs> if it ends up being a tie, I'm going to actually let you take over this show and be yours forever because I think zero zero some tie. Call, some calls zero, zero tie. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go Patriots on this one. I think there's a lot of injuries on the Jets, and I think we might just see a down week this week, especially with sort of underperforming Zach Wilson a little bit too. Uh, next up. Staying with a team in the AFC East, that's the Miami Dolphins, traveling to take on the lowly Detroit Lions. Uh, Rian, then Jake. Fins, not even a question. Dolphins, absolutely. You're not getting the rules of this one word thing, but I like the way that you're going anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins as well. Yeah, Dolphins as well. Uh, Lions, Lions are not a good team. And look, Dan Campbell's not getting blamed. He should be getting blamed. He's not a good coach. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings leading the NFC North, taking on the Carol or Arizona Cardinals, coming off was a mini buy because they played it last Thursday night. I'll go first on this one. I am actually going to go Cardinals. I'm gonna I go Vikings. Gonna go, I was gonna go Cardinals, but now I'm going Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. I see how it is. I know you have points to catch up on on, on the predictions league, but you just don't have to go against everything I say. Uh, moving on, the Raiders traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Uh, who have you got, Jake, first on this one? I'm going to go Raiders. Andy Dalton looking pretty decent for the Saints, but I'm still going to stick with the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to concur with that. The Raiders are going to win this football game. Yeah, Saints aren't a good team. doesn't matter who you put in a quarterback. They're just not a good team. So I'm going to go with the Raiders too. Derek Carr is not a great quarterback, but he is better than the other two on the on the New Orleans side of things. Uh, two games left. Uh, first of all, the Steelers taking on the 6-0 Eagles. Is this the game that the Eagles finally get their first defeat of the season? I think I can already see how Jake is going to go on this one, but I'll make you wait until you actually say it because I'm going to go with Rain first on this. No. Is the <laughs> Who's going to win? No, uh, the Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the Eagles. Six and zero. The Steelers look shit, so uh, it has to be the Eagles. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, everyone's being nice to Kenny Pickett, but he has struggled. Seven interceptions. Seven, seven interceptions. 
receptions, seven interceptions. And that last one against Miami where he could have easily just ran and got the first down and continued it on. He threw it under true and it was a very bad under throw as well. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles to go seven and oh on this game as well. Then finally, our final game to look at this week is the NFC AFC South matchup between the Titans and the Texans. I know the Texans are my sleeper team this year, but when I say sleeper, I didn't mean for them to be actually asleep during games. I meant them to actually surprise me, but they've been asleep. And I think they're going to continue to be asleep in this game because I can't see the Titans not winning this game. And I can't see Derrick Henry not running for a bunch of yards in this game. So Titans, Jake first. Or next. Yeah, sticking with you with the Titans. Texans are sleeping at the wheel. Uh, interestingly enough, it's a, a two-point difference. The Titans are only favoured by two. Yeah, I want to say tie again because these two teams are just so dull. But I think the Titans are too good for the Texans. So, Excellent. Excellent stuff, lads. Thank you very much for that. Um, and that is where we end this show. But before we go, I have to mention that this show today has been brought to you in partnership with Locker. Locker is a new sports app that centralizes premium sports content and puts the power in the hands of fans to personalize their world of sport, including a wide range of premium NFL sources that can be tailored to your fan experience. Download the app for free in the Irish and UK App Store or iOS Play Store today. Uh, lads. As always, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Thanks Darren. And we'll be back again next week looking back at Week 8 and pointing and laughing at each other for getting our predictions <laughs> so wrong. But until then, enjoy the games this weekend. And also remember, one last thing before we go, the clocks go back. So 6 p.m. kickoffs in Ireland are no longer. It's 5 p.m. kickoffs and 8 p.m. for the late games. So make sure you get that right. You don't want to miss a first quarter of the games. Because I absolutely I absolutely did not know that, so I would have certainly <laughs> missed the first hour of football on Sunday. <laughs> well, look, as long as I can inform one person, I am happy with that. But look, that is where we're going to end this edition of the show. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>